Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of The Take It easy podcast happy wednesday everybody it is our first podcast of september which means we've made it ladies and gentlemen we have officially conquered august with podcast stories and fun little memes of the weekends and great conversations with our friends which will obviously continue well into the season but now it's football season baby let's Get fired up, people, because it is officially football season, and we're going to kick it off with an all-time classic to close out the month of August, the preseason Hall of Fame. This is now our sixth year of officially doing the preseason Hall of Fame. Last year got messed up because of COVID, but it's our longest-running bit here on the Take It Easy podcast and going all the way back to the early, early comical sports days where we had like 2,000 followers, uh, the preseason Hall of Fame. And this is a four-person induction class. So we did the NBA two weeks ago and we inducted Davion Mitchell and Peyton Pritchard and Obi Toppin into the preseason Hall of Fame. And now to make up for last year's absence, we're going to induct four people into the preseason Hall of Fame, which I think we're probably going to split the difference and go three from here on out. But this year we'll induct four into the preseason Hall of Fame. That's where we're going to start. We're going to talk about Cam Newton a little bit and save the good stuff for when we talk with uh, our buddy Stripe Hype and uh, maybe Walter and some of the conversations we're going to have throughout the week. So we'll save the good stuff for that. But for now, we'll just briefly tap into the Cam Newton stuff. And then I want to laugh so good at this amazing, amazing story with Bishop Sycamore. Because it, I honestly, it's a, I, it's like a stand-up set. Like you can't even fake this. It's like they need to make a movie about this. Like Ocean's Eleven type shit. Uh, so we'll get to that as well. Damn, I usually don't take three minutes to introduce the podcast. I guess I just was feeling emotional about September and about the preseason Hall of Fame and Bishop Sycamore. Today's going to be a great podcast, and I hope I don't overpromise and underdeliver because this is an amazing podcast we have for you today. So without further ado, let's kick it off with the preseason Hall of Fame, of course. It's uh very emotional for me. I cried a number of times during this, and so you'll hear me get choked up, and you might hear me with some editing behind it, but this is a this is the longest-running bit in the history of the podcast and, uh, and the Instagram page. It's the longest-running bit that I do in the history of making sports or watching sports. It's the longest-running bit other than laughing at Bears fans. That's That goes back to early, early, earliest memories of sports, but... 
in terms of like being a content creator around sports, the preseason Hall of Fame is the longest running bit that exists. And so here it is. The 2021 Hall of Fame induction class. Four members entering with the NFL preseason concluding and the 53-man rosters coming out. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the preseason Hall of Fame class of 2021 for football. We inducted our basketball class two weeks ago, and now we get to induct a record-breaking four members into the preseason Hall of Fame fraternity. Our first inductee of the night is the rookie quarterback. And this has kind of become an unofficial, official tradition here as part of the preseason Hall of Fame class. For each of the previous four induction classes, we have inducted a rookie quarterback into the preseason Hall of Fame fraternity. Whether 2016 being Dak Prescott, 2017 Deshaun Kaiser, 2018 Sam Darnold, or 2019 Daniel Jones, we have a mixed bag of quarterbacks who have wowed through the preseason, clearly showing us that none of this means anything. But this year, he posted a 92 quarterback rating. He beat out a stable veteran for the starting job and actually got him cut from the New England Patriots. It is with some reluctance, given our previous stances on him, that we welcome into the preseason Hall of Fame fraternity with open arms, Mac Jones. Our second inductee here is our first ever wide receiver to receive induction into the preseason Hall of Fame. He is actually the first non-quarterback offensive player to receive induction into the preseason Hall of Fame class. But his wowing performance, not just in games that were being broadcast on NBC5 in local Bayou area broadcast, but also on primetime Monday Night Football, helping secure the starting job for one Jameis Winston, posting two touchdowns and 120 receiving yards in their final preseason game before Hurricane Ida knocked out their final game against the Cardinals. By the way, thoughts and prayers to everyone going through that in the bayou right now. We welcome, with just a record two games and a first position not at quarterback, we welcome the number one receiver for the New Orleans Saints, Marquez Callaway.
Our third inductee into the preseason Hall of Fame is our one and only defensive player on the docket here. And this is a bit of a legacy award that I'd like to tell the backstory on. Back in 2019, when this player was a rookie, we had a duel for the single spot into the preseason Hall of Fame brotherhood. And the preseason Hall of Fame is a really exclusive club of only now five defensive players in the history of the award. Accomplished careers such as Trey Flowers of the formerly New England Patriots and current Detroit Lions fame. Derek Barnett of the Philadelphia Eagles. Josh Jackson, the third corner for the Green Bay Packers. And the man who beat out this year's inductee, Harold Landry. And this year's inductee was a rookie, drafted 18th overall that year, and it was a snub. And I waited two years, and every time I saw that preseason Hall of Fame board, I never forgot about his accomplishments. So yes, he didn't have a ton of moments because he's slowly growing into a star linebacker, but damn it for his accomplishments across 2019 and 2021. Linebacker from the Carolina Panthers. I've been waiting two years to say it. Brian Burns is a preseason Hall of Famer. Our final inductee of the night may be my most favorite in the history of the preseason Hall of Fame class because this is not a rookie quarterback. This is not a star defensive player. This is a 53rd man on the roster. All preseason I've been looking up after our magical podcast with Blake Jude where we talked about him in passing discussing Mac Jones and all of a sudden... He went 7-for-7 in his performance in his first preseason game, completed 70% of his passes in his second preseason game while throwing a touchdown, and finally, despite getting shut out by the Seattle Seahawks, put together a 10-for-17 performance in his final preseason game to make a roster as a third quarterback. Do you know how hard it is to make a roster as a third quarterback. And I had been saying for a week, if he makes his this roster, he deserves a preseason Hall of Fame nod. We will bump a defensive player. We will bump a rookie quarterback. We will do it to make room for this 53rd man on the roster because that is truly what the preseason is all about. Not just getting to see rookie quarterbacks for the first time. Not just getting to watch your favorite players play for three snaps and then go out of the game. The preseason Hall of Fame is about these players who are 53rd men on the roster, third-string quarterbacks with no chance of making anything other than the practice squad. And this year, this man proved everybody wrong, that a team could keep three quarterbacks on their roster despite the fact that they have a franchise quarterback because he has outperformed all expectations to just hang around one more season in the NFL. 
And even if this is his last year in the NFL, or the last year with the team that he plays for, or maybe he ends up on a practice squad by week four, forever, for the rest of time, his accomplishments will be enshrined into the comical sports and take it easy pre-season Hall of Fame. Will he ever start a game in the NFL? Not unless something goes horribly wrong. But for his accomplishments here in the 2021 preseason, it is my honor to induct from North Dakota State University, member of the Los Angeles Chargers, winningest quarterback in the history of FCS football, Give it up for Los Angeles Chargers third string quarterback on the active roster, Easton Stick. It is my honor to emotionally present the 2021 preseason Hall of Fame class. You guys, I love the preseason Hall of Fame so much. It's been one of my favorite podcast and Instagram bits forever. Do you know how much it hurt me to put Mac Jones in there? You know how much it pained me to have to put Mac Jones in there? Knowing full and well, fully well we have enough of a sample size that it does not matter at all. The preseason Hall of Fame tells us nothing about what is going to actually matter in the long run. Like, Derek Barnett won the award. Deshaun Kaiser won the award, but so did Dak Prescott. Brian Burns just won it, and I think he's going to be like a legitimate superstar in the NFL. And most of his accomplishments came from his rookie year. And we've had first-round picks and second-round picks, and now fourth-round picks in Easton Stick. Like, it does not matter at all. And that's originally what the preseason Hall of Fame began as, is do the best players in the preseason actually turn out to be successful NFL players? And we can confirm from the data our hypothesis that said it doesn't matter at all. And it took six years of data to collect, but we have some kind of a representative sample. It's the same thing in the NBA, and it's the same thing in the preseason. And now we've collected data across six years, six damn years of doing the Take It Easy podcast and Comical Sports Instagram. Six bleeping years. It's unbelievable. It's the longest running bit I have in existence, and uh, it hurt to put Mac Jones in, but it was amazing to be checking the rosters all afternoon after 1 p.m. on Tuesday and seeing that Easton Stick made the Chargers. That was vindication. One, that our evaluation has worked out, but two, that what I was seeing was actually true because I so desperately wanted to put Easton Stick on this team. And across coaching staffs, across signing Chase Daniel and Justin Herbert and Phillip Rivers, Easton Stick remains a Los Angeles Charger, and we can induct him as a legend forever. Higher winning percentage at North Dakota State than Carson Wentz and Trey Lance, by the way. Uh, that's three North Dakota State quarterbacks that are in the NFL still. Uh, and at the moment, none of them are starting. 
All right, so let's talk about Bishop Sycamore. Because this is genuinely one of the greatest stories that I have ever seen. Like, I'm trying to write a stand-up comedy bit around this. I've made t-shirts. You can buy them right now. There's a link in the description of this episode, at least if I remember to put it, that can take you. You can buy t-shirts and hoodies of literally the fake high school that got on ESPN that is literally called the BS High School. They are the BS high school, and somehow they got on ESPN as a fake high school with mostly JUCO players and the occasional college recruit who is not even a D1 recruit, mostly D2 and D3 guys who, one player, there's a story, ended up leaving the school and like re-enrolling in his previous high school after his junior year. But we'll get to all that. And for those of you who haven't seen the story, we're going to give you the background. We're going to give you the nuance. We're going to give you the fun, crazy details of what happened with this Bishop Sycamore story. The story goes back to 2019 when Bishop Sycamore was established out of Canton, Ohio. And I put Canton, Ohio in air quotes because their whole concept was that they were going to recruit high school players from across the country and... They were going to create a, they were going to play some of the hardest high schools in the country and play a national schedule and try and prep to pro players into college teams. And there is so many details we can get into, but the first part is this. They labeled themselves as a, quote, online charter school. And the online charter school is just the way to get around the education part because there is no actual online chartering. Most of these kids have graduated from high school. They're class of 2019, class of 2020 guys who in the 2021 team they've graduated. But back in 2019, they were fielding 2017 players, 2018 players, guys with fake IDs to help fill their roster and compete on a national level, which happens a lot more than we think. Like this is the most blatant examples of fraud, but it the There is no universal regulation on high school football. It's the wild, wild west. I'm sure fraud happens at a lot of different schools in terms of ages and restrictions and things like that. But in this case, there was blatantly, (laughs) blatant cheating and blatant fraud, um, including from their coach who got fired yesterday. And his name is Roy Johnson. And Roy Johnson was presently holding an active arrest warrant because he was writing checks that were bounced to try and fund the football program. And Bishop Sycamore had a GoFundMe page that was trying to raise $20,000 for the football team because Roy Johnson was writing fraudulent checks that were bouncing And so they were trying to raise money for the team back in 2019 and 2020. They started a GoFundMe, misspelled the word assistant in that GoFundMe description, and then asked for $20,000, and they got less than $200 across two years. They got less than $200 on a GoFundMe. And so they're trying to find money and they're signing JUCO players and people coming up from Florida with fake IDs to play. And 
Last year, they played the IMG Academy, which is the number one high school team in the country. It's not super important for context, but it's basically an agency that started a high school football team and recruits people from all across the country. Number one team almost every year. They're really good in basketball anyway, and tennis. I think like some of the best tennis players go there. They hope that when the players turn pro, they'll sign with their agency. Bottom line... They get the IMG Academy last year and get the break speed off them. And the team with JUCO players, or like cut JUCO players, went 0-6 against the national schedule while being outscored 227-42. to For reference, that is an average margin of defeat across six games of 40, I'm sorry, 37-7. An average margin defeat of 37 to 7 as they schedule the fourth hardest schedule in the country, according to them, which is, I think, technically true. But they scheduled the hardest teams in the country, just get the brakes beat off them every time. And because they played against these top teams, everyone just kind of assumed, well, they're just another top team. They're playing a national schedule. They're trying to recruit from all across the country. They're a national football team. And even though. The players that were coming in were JUCO players, and they were blatantly lying about how much money they had. And so the school literally lies about having multiple D1 prospects. They couldn't confirm it in any database. And basically, the coach of the team barely got 22 JUCO players, none of whom were going to Division One in any recruiting database that could be confirmed. And... They basically showed up to an, a high school game, quote-unquote, on Friday bef- before this being scheduled on Sunday to conclude ESPN's high school kickoff series against IMG Academy, the team that beat them 44-0 to the year before. And... ESPN, not realizing that this is a fraudulent high school, ends up putting them on the air. So how did that happen? There's a third-party company called Paragon Marketing, and basically what they do is they find high school teams, they pitch ESPN on who they, what matchups they should put on, ESPN gives them a lump sum of money, and then they have to go out and find advertisers. Or I'm sorry, no, they pay ESPN, other way around. They pay ESPN, and then Paragon has to go out and find advertising. And so, no, wait, that can't be right. No, ESPN pays them, and then ESPN goes out and finds the advertising. I don't know the order of it, but it would have to work that way. So, they end up putting Bishop Sycamore up against IMG Academy in the primetime game. And again, noting Bishop Sycamore just played a game on Friday, and then they're playing two days later, which is insane. Like, playing a week-to-week in football is already terrible on the body, but they decide to go for this anyways. And so Bishop Sycamore ends up going down 30-0 to in the second quarter of the game. They did a fake punt. Then an actual punt that gets blocked for a safety. And it's now 30-0. to zero. It's early second quarter. And the broadcasters basically just finally Google search this team and find out, okay, so it turns out 
that they don't have any D1 recruits. They played a game on Friday, and we've all been duped into playing this game. They basically say as much on the broadcast. It's like, we've all been duped into putting this team on national television. And it's unbelievable because they had JUCO players, because the coach had an active arrest warrant for fraud, because if you just looked up, I mean, before all of this, if you had looked up the team on any database, their website is fake. Their profiles on the Max Preps type websites, fake. They're literally lying to Paragon about having multiple D1 prospects and the fourth hardest schedule in the country. But Nobody vets the team. Why would you vet the team? You just assume if someone says you have multiple D1 prospects and play the fourth hardest schedule in the country, that that would be true. And yes, they do play the fourth hardest schedule in the country, but they lose by an average of 30 points in every game that they play while going 0-6 with, the most ironic part, junior college players who are 19, 20 years old and just want to make it on ESPN so that they might be rediscovered and get their college eligibilities back. So with that going on, they get absolutely embarrassed. And because it's on national television and a million people watch it on ESPN, all of a sudden, Bishop Sycamore is totally exposed. You have just been totally exposed as a fraud to the nation and have gone viral on Twitter because it's like an Ocean's Eleven con. You got on ESPN. ESPN hosts like 14 high school football games the entire year. It's a way for them to fill programming in the middle of August. They did it like four or five years ago when Johnny Manziel was in the CFL. They paid for Friday night CFL on ESPN2. Why? You need content in August. When it's just baseball, it can get really boring and people end up tuning out. So what do you do? You bring in high school football for people to watch on a boring Sunday, which wasn't a boring Sunday if you love golf or if you love laughing at the New York Mets or had a fantasy football draft. It wasn't a boring Sunday at all. And so Bishop Sycamore ends up getting on national television. A million people watch it, Uh, almost as many people as we're watching the Paul fight against Woodley, just by virtue of ESPN just putting broadcasting on and people turning into it and like watching a half second of it across three hours. And now they've gone viral. And now everyone knows about this story with Bishop Sycamore, or at least knows that a fake high school ha- uh, defrauded ESPN, basically, and defrauded, um, uh, what's the company I just said? Um, Paragon. They defrauded Paragon. And ESPN, by the way, immediately deflected blame to Paragon. Like, this is all their fault. They messed this up. They didn't vet the source properly. We are exonerated from this problem. And Paragon's like, what do you want us to say? (laughs) I mean, yeah, we got defrauded. This is like one of the weirdest situations that's ever happened. Nobody heard of our company before this. And now the thing they'll know about us is that we're the marketing company that let Bishop Sycamore play on national television. And so they played that game 48 hours before and then they get crushed 58 to 0 by the best team in the country. Again, these are junior college players. So if they were hoping to be discovered by a D2 or a D1 program and then end up 
transferring over there with eligibility still intact. I don't know if that worked out exactly the way they were hoping for. So then this all goes viral over the last two days. And now Bishop Sycamore is just toast. And we're finding out all these incredible details about how they basically like defrauded uh, high school teams. They defrauded ESPN. Like it's genuinely unbelievable how this all went down. And so there are also fun parts in it. Like all of this is fun, but then we can laugh at just how egregious this is. Um, There are junior college dropouts, obviously. There is no Bishop Sycamore High School. They were sharing helmets during the game. Like, they didn't have enough equipment to field this fake high school team of mostly junior college players and some high school dudes. And they still got the brakes beat off them 58-0 by elite high school players on the number one high school team in the country. It's unbelievable they also played two games in three days which terrible brain science for again I get that like nothing like this has ever happened and this is the Malcolm Gladwell theory of you know we we believe people are innocent until we've been given a reason not to believe that they're innocent like our brain defaults to saying people would tell us the truth if we were skeptical all the time then that would be a dysfunctional society we need to trust people to alert us to when danger is there or uh, to protect us as pack animals which humans by nature are and so it's understandable that they're like well I mean it's an unheard of situation that will probably never happen again but it's just a laughable thing about ESPN and another fun thing that you can laugh around it is the Drake curse striking on ESPN because on Friday, someone at SportsCenter hacked, which I think it was just a producer doing it, announcing that um, during a SportsCenter read that Certified Lover Boy was going to be dropping September 3rd. And it was a weird, like, like what looked like one of those like messages that someone does from the future where it's like uh, they hack every television or every screen and they end up like projecting a message in the movies. And so that happens with Drake. And then two days later, ESPN gets defrauded by Bishop Sycamore and the Drake curse strikes on ESPN because they did that weird certified lover boy, which we weren't sure whether ESPN was in on the joke or not. It was very strange and trying to figure out whether or not a producer went behind someone's back or if ESPN was in on the joke. We don't really know the answer to that. And so the funniest part about that and then bringing it back to Bishop Sycamore trading helmets and unfortunately playing two games in three days and having Juco players that get smacked by people four years younger than them by 58 points. Yes, it's an unprecedented situation, but the fact that they're literally called Bishop Sycamore, which sounds like the way that my school up here names their like buildings, like they've got Sycamore, Elm, Redwood, like they just pick random plants and name buildings after them or like dorm rooms on my college apartment. It sounds like how they'd name my college apartment. We got Sycamore over there. We got Bishops over there, um, which I'm sure Bishops could be misconstrued as the name of a plant. Absolutely. And so one, Bishop is a Catholic thing and Sycamore is a type of tree. There is no priest 
or Catholic um, bishop or archbishop named Sycamore. And if there was one named Sycamore, that would be the upset of all upsets. If there was one, a person named Sycamore, two, they were a white guy, and three, they decided to end up becoming a bishop. But through all of that, the school is literally called B.S. High School. They literally named it B.S. High School. Bishop Sycamore, on their jackets, shortens to B.S., It's literally a BS high school. And ESPN gets duped by it in just the most laughable version of a meme and a joke that I have ever seen. Enough to make 20 minutes of content on it and I could do another hour. Because it's like with Mr. Met, what we were talking about on Monday. Uh, I could talk for like an hour about the nuances of Mr. Met giving the middle finger on camera to a fan. I could talk about the craziness of this Bishop Sycamore story for a while. I could dip into just this concept of a third-party network not knowing what to do about uh, vetting the the teams. Like, the fact that this could go on for that long and then they peak on ESPN, which, by the way, it might be worth it. Like, just for the legend, like, maybe not for... Our buddy, uh, what was it, Ron Johnson? Is that the... Roy Johnson. Ron Johnson sounds like something else. But Roy Johnson, maybe it's not so much a victory for Roy Johnson, who, you know, might be facing some criminal liabilities now. Um, and for defrauding a football... Or defrauding college sports and... Or defrauding high school sports and uh, some fraud from bounce checks. But... Even if Roy Johnson, it's not worth it for him, it's worth it for a lot of people going through that. Because this is an all-timer of a story. This is something that I hope we're still talking about years from now, that we're still making memes about, like, Cody Parkey. Like, I hope we're still talking about Bishop Sycamore years and years from now, because it's genuinely unbelievable. It's like a Curb Your Enthusiasm-type skit. Like, sketch comedy couldn't write better than that. Like... Turn, trying, if I tried to turn this into a five-minute stand-up routine, like, it's genuinely the greatest story ever. And I just don't know what to do with the rest of this story because there's so many details we didn't skip over. They're 0-8, 0-8 across the last two seasons. And they've purposely just decided we're going to try and establish ourselves as one of these like academies that like recruits across the country and pipelines people to the pros, but we can't get people because we're a brand new, um, we're a brand new academy. So we can't get people like who are legitimately D1 prospects because they'll either stay at their local high schools, stay within their counties, or go to well-established professional academies like IMG and I think Montverde has one and there's one in Ohio that's not them but um, they're also in Canton Ohio which is obviously the NFL's birthplace but it's probably not that rich with football talent like Canton Ohio is probably not swimming with local talent and so the fact that they like went the liberty route of like how do we establish ourselves in college sports 
eh, we're just going to schedule the hardest people in the world, get a bunch of money, and build our program that way. That's basically what they did is no one wants to play IMG Academy? We'll play IMG Academy if you pay us. They basically did the thing that the Citadel does in college football, where they just pay for the right to get their ass beaten by one of these Alabama-type teams, or really all the teams do it, but you just pay to get your ass beat by one of these teams. And yes, maybe you might get an Appalachian State-type victory once every two decades, and that'll propel your program into becoming Division One from Division Two because App State was D2 at the time, and then they became D1 after beating Michigan. Maybe you'll get one of those but for the most part, you're just pay- getting money to help build your sports programs, a.k.a. your football program, by just getting your ass beat. And that's, I guess, what Bishop Sycamore was doing. I don't even know if the IMG Academy paid them. I know ESPN probably paid them, which I'm sure these contracts are not going to get them paid because now it's all going to fall apart because you got caught. I don't, I mean, like, uh, if you just had put up a respectable game just respectable, you would have gotten away with it. But you made it to ESPN. You, like, reached the pinnacle of this fraud. Like, yes, ultimately, like, they could have maybe gotten away with it, then established themselves as a legitimate business. Um, Liberty's trying to do that right now in, uh, over in Virginia. They're now D1 independent. They've been trying for 40 years to get to that point so that they can build a a Notre Dame for evangelicals or a Presbyterian. I don't know exactly what Liberty is. It's some type of Christian. You guys should just Google Liberty University. Like some of the stories behind that are crazy. Like how Liberty University kind of became what it is. The mercenary of Jerry Falwell and Jerry Falwell Jr. who ended up resigning in disgrace recently, but then he resigned and then unresigned. You should look it up. It's really crazy. Some of the stuff on Liberty, but Bishop Sycamore, like, did the dirty work to get there, and to be honest, it didn't work out, but getting to ESPN primetime on a Sunday, even if you're going to lose 58-0, I think that the only thing that could have been a bigger pinnacle of, of this fraud is if you had won the game. That would have been the only thing that would have made it as if you win the game and then we discover oh wait they're playing with all like 21 and 22 year old juco players that would have been the only way that i think that gets better but the fact that they just got the brakes beaten off them makes it funnier for content but they just didn't have anything left in <laughs> they didn't have anything left to squeeze out of this fraud now some people are going to get in trouble for it, and we get to laugh at ESPN because ESPN has lost some luster over the last like four to five years. I'm a Levitard guy, so obviously we gotta we gotta stand up against the corporate machine and the uh, the ESPN no talk about politics policy, uh, even though it's just don't talk about anything that's going to go viral on Twitter policy, and so. We got to see ESPN with a little black eye, and that's always fun when we can laugh at the corporate giants for doing something dumb, and little old Bishop Sycamore blows them. Uh, Wow, phrasing on that. Uh, (laughs) That was weird phrasing on that choice. Bishop Sycamore ends up blowing up their business uh, with the high school football model, because now, hopefully forever, all we associate with high school football games is Bishop Sycamore, that one magical time that Bishop Sycamore ended up 
defrauding high school football, defrauding the IMG Academy, defrauding ESPN. You made it to the... This is like Ocean's Eleven type of shit where they rob the casino. Yeah, they don't get away with it in Ocean's Twelve, but they still rob the casino and walk away and stare at the fountain. And hopefully when they make the... uh, when they make the movie about this one day of Bishop Sycamore, hopefully the coach in the movie actually is like at the Bellagio fountain, just like Ocean's Eleven, and he's just staring out at it. And as the SWAT team and the FBI pulls up behind him, because they're not going to, the FBI is not going to pull up to arrest him for like basic fraud like that. But he does have an active arrest warrant out, and he had an active arrest warrant out months ago before they played this game and so Bishop Sycamore's coach is kind of just sitting there staring at the Bellagio puts his hands up as the SWAT team pulls up behind him and you know reminisces on what a good run it was what a great run they got to ESPN some of those names I hope that we can remember them and cherish them forever and hopefully two three years from now we're still making jokes about how Adam Gase is coaching Bishop Sycamore or every time a star player gets cut like Richard Sherman or, you know, I think Antonio Callaway got cut yesterday. Hopefully we still can make jokes about Bishop Sycamore the same way we make jokes about the XFL because there's just so much great content that we can still dig out of this for years and years to come. And I hope Hope, hope, hope that we never forget just how epic this story was. And you can never forget how epic this story was because in the midst of laughing at it yesterday, I just messed around and made some t-shirts that were selling over on take on the Take It Easy Comical Sports merch store. A link to that, again, is in the description to today's episode. Buy a, buy a BS high school t-shirt. Buy a BS high school hoodie. They're a little more expensive just because doing hoodies with logos is difficult. But check out all the merch. Also, if you want to buy a Take It Easy jacket, if you want to buy a Take It Easy t-shirt, we got like five different designs on t-shirts, tons of different colors. We got the jacket in like 10 different colors. I have a pink one and a red one. Pink one's my favorite. Can't go wrong with white either. White jackets are always going to be in style. So white, pink. I've got a red one too. It's all right. You can check that out. We got Take It Easy merch there. Um, If you're listening this far, it means you really love it. So you really love this podcast. And you guys are the ones I got to tell you. I love you so freaking much. You guys have continued to show that immense support over the years. And we cannot thank you enough for it. Like it helps us get over to believe helps us start making sponsorships on the podcast. Like all of this is helping fund our passions. And if you want to BS, if you, if you've fallen in love with Bishop Sycamore, not just from this podcast, but just in general, if you want a Bishop Sycamore t-shirt or a BS, it's called, I can't say Bishop Sycamore. So it's the BS high school. If you want BS high school merch, Check it out. I'm hoping that someone ends up buying something because it took like 30 minutes to put in the work. Maybe someone buys a $20 t-shirt. We can make like $8 off our effort. Who knows? Maybe I'll buy one. I'll get, I usually give it a few days to make sure if I want to buy one. But uh, I've got the hoodies too. I can say the hoodies are really good quality too. I don't know how we got that for like 25 bucks, But check out the hoodies as well on there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. 
Wired Up is coming back on Sunday, so be on the lookout for that as well. We took about a a two-month break from those Wired Ups, but now that football season's back in full swing, we are fully swinging back. That, again, weird phrasing. Weird phrasing. We are swinging back into gear with Wired Ups, so make sure to check that out as well. And check out the full Take It Easy library. Download 10, 20, 30, 40, 60, 700 episodes if you want. It all helps us fuel this passion project and help believe search out some sponsors for us. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here today. And as always, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Let's play us out with that music from our preseason Hall of Fame induction ceremony. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.